Hello and welcome to the podcast Cool Radio Stories. This is our second part of our two-part special series called Digital Strategies for Radio Stations where we will explore on this part mobile apps and how tying it all together. So if you missed part one, just go back to our website, Cool Radio Stories, or download it wherever you get your podcasts to listen to conversation about building your websites and social media strategies. And today, as we said, we'll be joined by John Wanzung to discuss mobile apps and then tying it all together. Appreciate you tuning in to this broadcast. Greetings and welcome to Cool Radio Stories a podcast for independent radio stations in small to medium-sized markets, presented by Cool Radio Streaming. Now here's your host, Tom Dobrez. Welcome back to a very special edition of Cool Radio Stories. This is Digital Strategies for Radio Part 2. Part 1, we covered two of the three pillars of building your digital world. That was website development as well as social media presence. We discussed uh, how, what, and where of both of those. And today we're going to visit about mobile apps. And then finally, our last part of today's episode will focus on how to bring it all together, which is the real strategy, bringing the three pillars of the digital world together uh, to help your client advertisers benefit from your massive reach and also to continue to engage listeners on platforms and places that they are. Our guest is John Wanzung. John is the president and CEO of Radio Max. Reach out to him at radiomax.co. As a full disclaimer, John's firm Radio Max is a developer of mobile apps and thus I wanted to get that out front. We're going to address that right out of the box. And then secondly, I do want to stress that the world of mobile apps has really changed rapidly. And it's one of the key reasons I wanted to do this uh, particular segment is that initially when mobile apps first came as an option for radio stations, a lot of people jumped on the boat. Others went to uh, parties that really were not, they couldn't control like TuneIn. And then uh, others as corporate created their own uh, apps themselves eventually uh, but the small to medium-sized radio marketplace sort of uh, a lot of apps were built Apple no longer supported them they weren't on the app store they weren't functioning there was changes to the streams and uh, what you had to, the hoops you had to jump through and so it really became uh, a little challenging for small to medium market radio stations that landscape is changing however and that's really what we're going to explore so I want to get out right out front with it John why don't you give us uh, more or less the state of mobile apps and then also, uh, as I said right in the beginning, tell us why and how you develop your firm uh, and what the positioning there is. So with mobile, if you look at the big broadcasters, the nine big broadcasters, all of them have their own platform. You know, you look at Radio One, look at Cumulus, they've all got their own platform. What we found that was really interesting was when you look at three-fourths of the radio stations out there, if you, you know, call them the independent radio market, if you will, that are not part of the big corporate groups, there was this, like, as you mentioned, kind of this wild west. Do we use TuneIn? Do we get a local developer? And our thought was nothing had 
really been brought to the independent radio market from a mobile standpoint that could service their listeners, give them the digital opportunities these smaller to mid-market independent radio stations were looking for to engage with their listeners. And so that's where we saw this opportunity in the market to really service that specific segment of the radio industry. And what we've seen over the last couple of years, and more specifically in the last eight to 12 months, is I think the the independent radio market has finally said, you know what, (laughs) we need to get on digital. And a lot of them, as you mentioned, had apps that were built six, eight, ten years ago, either by a local developer or an app company that had a basic app or they were on TuneIn. And I think they're all starting to see that we need to have a more engaging platform that's going to work and have the necessary tools and features for us to move into this new digital world. And so you've seen some consolidation, as I mentioned, with the bigger groups, But in the independent world, there really hasn't been um, an organization, a company that someone specifically has come to them and said, listen, we've got the mobile platform for you, and this is where we want to step in and help radio stations. Because we've been doing this a long time, been in the digital world and radio a long time, and we saw that this is the biggest opportunity that we'll rethink we can service that independent radio market is by delivering a platform that will help their station move into the digital world, which we're already in, by the way. Well, I do think it is safe to say that we are, in fact, in a new digital world. And the digital world of mobile apps kind of grew up, oh, a dozen or so years ago with a company called TuneIn. I think initially they kind of jumped the gun. And to me personally, TuneIn uh, draws a parallel to Mark Cuban and Broadcast.com. Many will remember that Cuban's uh, claim to fame back then was his uh, ability as he figured out how to take radio stations' audio signals and put it on the Internet. Um, It attracted attention from Yahoo. Many of the radio stations were giving Cuban the free audio. They thought it was super cool at the time, and uh, he turned it into a $5 billion payday. Meanwhile, TuneIn appears to have uh, set up to do a very similar thing with radio stations. They uh, lured a number of radio stations, understandably, in the early ages of mobile apps, as this is the way to get your audio on mobile. And TuneIn became a a large player um, millions of downloads later. Uh, They have uh, dozens and hundreds of commercial radio stations, as well as all sorts of other Uh, audio options for the listener and user of their apps. Uh, What would you say today to a radio station, uh, whether they're just trying to get onto the mobile world uh, or those that are already on TuneIn, uh, how should they just go on TuneIn? TuneIn doesn't even allow new stations to come on board anymore. They've kind of changed their strategy, which is good for them. They're more about the big content. You know, they're working with MLB, NFL. You know, they're trying to get... They've built this audience up, and now they're going after the big content to drive people to the platform because, you said, they built a massive audience. And I actually give huge credit to TuneIn. They built this aggregator model that allowed stations that maybe couldn't afford it, didn't understand what mobile was, at least to have a presence digitally on mobile on an app. The big thing that TuneIn didn't do was it actually didn't provide a station with an app. It provided them with a page with a stream. 
And then all the advertising that was being done on the app, other than over the airwaves, was being provided by TuneIn. So sure, you got it for free, but any banner ads that you saw, any audio that was kind of cut in over the top of the existing radio station on it was TuneIn. So in that sense, who's making all the money off of it is TuneIn. But again, I give them huge credit because it allowed people to see that I could, as a listener, I could download this one app and get to the station that I want to get to. But when the listener actually got to the station they were looking to listen to, the experience was, you know, it wasn't great. Sure, I got to listen to the content, but I didn't have any of the tools to engage with the station that digital knowledge allows us to do. And that's where we wanted to step in and actually provide those resources, simply provide those resources to the stations that are looking to actually have their own app. Now, John, in our first part of this digital strategy conversation, when we were talking about social media, we talked about Facebook and how it's uh, clearly the 900-pound gorilla when it comes to social media and really to, well, just about everything uh, on the digital planet. But uh, TuneIn has more or less created a very similar uh, presence when it comes to audio distribution, particularly of radio stations. Uh, the challenge for radio stations is it's really not their product, right? And so it's TuneIn, and TuneIn is also manipulating that product. So when your listener goes through TuneIn to get your station, they're being served ads that may or may not be pertinent. And we all know that, you know, radio listeners appreciate commercials if they're salient to them. They're local. They're maybe giving them information. But in the case of TuneIn, they're hijacking the signal, they're uh, promoting their own products on there, and the experience is not the radio station at all. The station itself has very little control over what that listener uh, is getting short of eventually when they're just simply streaming the radio station. Right. They're like, I, I pulled up my radio station. This has nothing to do with who you are, who I am. And so it, it creates a disconnect. And I understand why people were, you know, why stations did that in the beginning. But now there's an opportunity. You asked about the, you know, the new landscape. There's an opportunity for you to own as a station that mobile presence. And people are used to, as you just mentioned, downloading apps. It's not, everyone knows how to do that now. Do you know anyone who doesn't have a smartphone? And I, I'm actually going to do a quick, you know, circle back to the website is, with the website, yes, people are going to go there, but there's a little more effort to do that. You have to go to your computer. You have to do that. With a phone, with mobile, everyone's got one in their pocket. So that's where this whole thing is exploding with mobile is because everyone has access to it. And I want to bring up this whole COVID thing. And I know we talked about it. I might be jumping into a, something I'm maybe talking about later. Is it, it has accelerated what's going to happen with digital and radio. With people being home three or four months, not being in their cars, is it accelerated how people are accessing their radio station? Sure, they might be on their home with their computer, but more than likely, they're listening through mobile. Because if the station had a mobile app, that's the way that they're going to be accessing the content. So the listeners have been more exposed to more content from the station because maybe they just listened, the listener just listened in the drive-in. But now they're at home. And they're working and they're like, oh, they have the mobile app and I just pull it up and I'm listening. So now what's happening is people know that, oh, my God, this station has an app or doesn't have an app and probably wish they did. 
but now they're more in tune with how to stay connected with the station just out of outside their car. And this is where mobile has been so accelerated or is about to accelerate even further with something that was going to maybe take two, three, maybe four more years is all going to happen in the next 18 months. And if you're not on mobile now with your own present, your own brand, things are going to pass you by. Well, there's an awful lot to unpack there, Jeb, particularly uh, in regards to the accelerator. I want to have that conversation in later, but I'm going to kind of take a step back and remind people of the big global picture here the, as building a digital media strategy and how we've determined. I said it's this 360 approach with these three pillars, the website, the social media content, and now the mobile app we're ch chatting about. But it's really in creating your own mobile app that you begin to build your own ecosystem by means that others can't get into or manipulate or run their ads. And it begins this process by which the radio station, can, the mobile app becomes more or less center control of the entire digital presence. That's where you can actually engage, right? They're going to hear the commercial over the, the airways. They're going to see you on social. And they're going to be on social for a little bit. But if you have your own app, that's where they can not only hear the audio, the content that you're delivering, but they can actually engage with you within your ecosystem. Sure, they can engage with you on social media, but where do you fully and really want all that engagement to happen is in your ecosystem. And the mobile is where they can fully engage with you. So let's delve into that and take it just a little step further. When a listener is in the Facebook app, and if they got it on their phone as an app, Delete it immediately. It takes up a lot of battery time, and they're also tracking everything you do. In the meantime, though, that being said, when uh, you are on Facebook as a user of Facebook, you are getting fed all sorts of different posts. Some of it is Granny's new cat. Some of it is your friend's engagement party. Some of it is people you knew in high school. Uh, some of it is a rather offensive political speech, as we know. But the problem is, is Facebook is controlling it for your listener, your potential uh, client. And, and what the mobile app does is if you can begin to train your listeners to download your app, then once they start playing with your app, they will see your information, right? Your Facebook post only, your Twitter feed, your Instagrams, if, that, if you're going that far. And then they'll be able to connect with the touch of the button. It's creating the narrative. What is the narrative you want to deliver to your listeners? You brought up a great point. When you go to Facebook, you're getting all these this different information coming through. But once you get them on your app and then connect to your Facebook, it's all the content, all the messaging, all the narrative that you want to deliver to your listeners. It's all about delivering it in your ecosystem. And all these things we've talked about is how do you bring them back to you so you can truly deliver the message that you want to deliver to them. And hopefully that's what the listeners want as well. Another example of that, as you said, the ease, it's in their pocket and they can just look at it very quickly, hop over from one app to the other, your app to something else, um, a game they're playing. And so, for example, they're listening to the station, they got on their AirPods. And the station talks about a post on Facebook that the station did or how you enter a contest or a polling contest. And the person simply pulls that phone out of their pocket and they're there. So even uh, they're in the app and they, you just talked about a Facebook post. 
They don't have to go to Facebook and weed through dozens and dozens and scroll through all of those posts to find the one your jock was talking about. Right. It's going to be what the station delivered, the content that the station delivered. It's going to be their feed. All right. So that's one of the values when the mobile is in somebody's pocket, your app can be in their pocket. But now an even bigger play I'd like to delve into is in the car. Of course, there's always talk about the dashboard. And these days, uh, the newest cars are uh, have some very smart radio players, video screens, essentially, that uh, many times duplicate what uh, an individual's phone looks like. If you've seen Apple CarPlay, it's essentially just a, a giant blow up of your iPhone screen. And the same goes for the Ford Sync and any of these other cars. Uh, people are becoming very comfortable plugging their phones in. And I think one of the things a mobile app helps is all of a sudden you become, your station becomes one of those options that are at a touch of the finger. So we used to talk about how important it was in a car to get the um, push button to be your station because that's how people uh, found radio stations or listen. They would just hit the tab. You'd you'd have your rock station on one, your uh, live sports on the other uh, button. And now... We've gone to this little bit different looking thing. It's a lot more visual and uh, it creates uh, a a situation, an environment for the listener uh, to go with the ease. And in many cases, they actually have to jump out of the app to get the standard FM signal. So even if they were big P1s and love the FM station, but they plugged their phone in for navigation uh, let's say they still have to leave that to get to the FM radio station. However, the solution being a mobile app, they put it on their home screen, your app, your logo, or at least their uh, chance to be there with a push button to listen to their station. Absolutely, because as you mentioned, once you plug your phone in with a lot of the newer cars, you're going to see your phone right on the screen. Right? So it's an in, it, it's it doesn't really change how the person, you know, as opposed to pushing the radio button, they're just pushing the little icon on their screen to launch the radio station. And this is where obviously things are going to move. You know, I'm sure most of the listeners have heard about how does this work with the car? How does this connect? And this is where things are going to accelerate is because now your phone is now the dash of your car. So sure, you can go back to the FM signal. Or I can just click on the little icon right on my screen and launch the station. And how easy is it now? You know, before you used to have to connect everything. And now it's just you just plug in your phone and there's the new screen. And even with doing it with Bluetooth, it's still simple. And that's how, you know, we've been doing it for the last couple of years. But now with being able to just see your phone screen right on your dash, you're just clicking it like you would a radio button. So now the complexity of the car experience is so much easier for the listener if, in fact, you are in that ecosystem where your app, your station group app, uh, what have you, or even an aggregator app comes up. My question is, how um, you know? Do you need your own app? Can we build a? Uh, can a station build a loyal following by aggregating with others? Uh, maybe their cluster or even a larger group of radio stations all together, thus making it a little bit bigger, uh, more options for the listener to stay with a standard FM broadcast while using you know the ease of a radio app in a car. 
one of the things that we did here at Radio Max was kind of evaluate how important it was to have your own standalone app versus being on an aggregator app, but you actually get your own app. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're talking about being able to pull up on your screen to click on the listener to be able to click on and launch the station. So one of the things as a company that we've been doing is evaluating what's important to the listener. We'll come back to the station in a second. One of the things that TuneIn and iHeart did really well is they got people to download this one app, but they had access to the stations the listener wanted to access. But the experience, once they got to the station, wasn't what the listener necessarily wanted. But that was all that was available at that time. Where we've kind of taken the approach is we've got the standalone app where you can, what you were talking about, where you just click on launch the station. But we also have an aggregator version, Radio Max. The listener downloads that. They type in the station that they want. And when the listener clicks on it, it actually launches the the app of that particular station. So it's a one more step for the listener, but the listener, based on the research that we've done with TuneIn and iHeart, they have no problem doing that. As long as the listener gets to the station's app, they're willing to take that one more step because, as we know, and most radio stations probably don't want to hear this, but the average listener is between four and five radio stations in the bigger markets that they're listening to. So it's your, it's your job as a radio station to make sure that your listeners are staying connected to you. But the listener at the end of the day doesn't want to download four or five different individual radio apps. They want to download one thing and get to the stations that they want, but be delivered an experience for that particular station with their app. And hopefully that makes sense is the listeners would rather have something, one thing they can download to get to the stations that they want but make sure once they get there that it's the app experience from that particular station. And so that's where we kind of change the narrative, hopefully, in the marketplace because what's been done before us is to have an aggregator app, but once the listener chooses their station, you're going to be on the app of that station, and all the content, all the advertising, everything is going to be about that station. It's not about Radio Max. The other thing, the listener can actually set it as their primary station, so as soon as they open up the aggregator app, it's the first station, they click it and they launch it. And if they have other stations, they can set those as their favorites. Now, I will say, going back to the radio side of things, radio wants to have their own app for the reasons that you just outlined. And I understand the importance of why they think that is going to be beneficial, but you also have to weigh the listener's perspective. So I think both options are viable, and especially for smaller stations, um, you know, we haven't gone to cost and, you know, the different types of mobile options that are out there, but having an aggregator version that is actually your own app may be a cost effective way for you to get a better mobile presence than you have right now. Well, and you're just, you're going towards the underlying additional value of doing it that way. One is the price, right? You're, if you're on part of a, a group app, you can, Amalgamation, you can get uh, overall the provider of that app can charge less for the production. Right, it's right? much more cost effective. More cost effective. The other part is the maintenance, right? So we talked at the very beginning when we got into the topic of mobile apps, 
that so many of those apps either stopped working, weren't serviceable, the companies that built them went out. And when, if a company had built 50 radio apps for 50 different radio stations, they would have to go and maintain all 50 of them if Apple decided to change part of their code. Which they right? do all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and so if we, if you are part, if, if you're part of an app that does happen to have 20, 30, 50, 200 radio stations on it, then that provider, that builder of that app, and this is why you may be paying a monthly maintenance fee, fixes one app and everybody's fixed. That's correct. And, and they're, the downtime is minimal, if at all. There's no downtime. And, and, and that, you know, I don't know how much we want to dive into this, but just the process of building a single app, that's why they're somewhat expensive or can be, is because it's you have to go through and build it, go through the initial review process with Apple and Android, get the test link, give it to the client, have them approve it, and then you've got another approval process that can go through. And it can take three to four weeks to get that done, where with the aggregate aggregator version that's already built into the apple and google play platform there's no more updates that need to be done from releasing a new plat or a new station now on the apple and android back-end system when they change their code or update their platform or put out a new release now we can do that universally across all the stations and make sure the platform stays stable and maybe we're going to get into this, but I'm going to jump into it right now, is so many stations maybe have chosen to go with a local developer, which is great. But the problem is that local developer is probably doing a hotel, a bar, different things that they're doing for building a mobile app, where if you go with a company that's completely focused on radio, every time that Apple and Android make an update, that dev team is making sure that they're internally doing the updates along with Apple and Android. Where if you've got a local developer who's got other things going on, they may not even know how to do the update. And that's where we've seen the attrition of stations going down, you know, actually losing their signal, things not working, is because to keep those updates that Apple and Android do consistent with the platform, the mobile platform that you have, takes time and takes resources. And so going with a, um, a larger company that focuses on radio in the mobile world may be, at the end of the day, more cost-effective for you as a station. Yeah, well, and, and radio has that one thing, audio, that is crucial. And, and you know, you need somebody that understands how to make that happen through an app as well. So whether it's, it's be streaming links or what have you, and I think that that's a very good point about finding a, a specialist out there that understands the um, overall industry. And that brings up another thing that when you have strategy meetings and you discuss a mobile app and you're just trying to figure out what should be in that mobile app, the features, I think a key question is not what does the radio station want to provide, but what does the listener want out of a mobile app? 100%. And it's going to be different than the website. You know, we talked about things that you want to have on the website because there's, a, you know, there, you, you have more room, obviously, when you're on a website and, you know, especially if you're on a desktop. Number one is quick connectivity, right? When I press the station, does it play right away? 
one of the things that we, we saw when we were doing a lot of research and building this platform was so many of the kind of outdated platforms that were still semi-working that it took a while for the station to launch. And I, I'm saying 5, 10, sometimes 15 seconds. Do you think a listener is going to wait around 10 seconds? If the, if the auto, Their first thought is going to be the station isn't playing. So having connectivity that as soon as the person opens up the app without playing, having to hit a play button or anything, that the audio instantly starts playing. That is key. Then when we talk about specific features, this is where mobile gets really exciting. Is not only is the person listening to the content, but now they can actually engage with the station. Polling, contesting, real-time chat, information, weather, can all be at the fingertips, because it's on their phone, of what's happening on the station. So as far as specific features, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, let's explore those. So a lot of the stations that we work with, and I'm going to bring up some you know situations that personally that we've dealt with and the company has dealt with and our, our team has dealt with, is I'm going to look at polling. So a lot of these social media, you know, Facebook, you can set up a poll. But in, in our mind is going back to what we were saying before is poll setting up polls is super effective. People love participating in polls. You as a station, something for your advertiser, you get so much information about that. It's fun for the listener. But why the heck are you doing it on Facebook? We talked about that before. Every time you do true engagement on a social media channel, who's making the money? that social channel. Why are you not doing that poll on your app where you can get all the data, you have all the engagement, you create the messaging, and then we'll talk about it from an advertising perspective. It's putting in that uh, into the context of having it within your ecosystem. So contesting. I love talking about contesting with mobile. Call-ins, great. It's been effective for how many years? 50 call-ins on radio? It's a great tool. Then I see um, radio stations doing contests on their Facebook page. Why are you not driving that contest to mobile? One, it's going to help your downloads. It's going to get more people there, and then you're going to own that data. And I think the most important thing about doing contesting on mobile is that you actually get to engage with more listeners. When you do a call-in, basically you're engaging, well, you're hanging up on 10, not hanging up, but you're talking to 10 people for the 10th call, or you're thanks for the 9th call, or you're the 10th call. With mobile, when you do a contest, you'll get to know every single person that participated in the contest. You'll have their contact information. You're basically allowing everyone an equal chance to participate in that contest. So it opens up a whole new world of how you can engage with listeners and allow them to participate in the contest and the ancillary benefits of what comes with doing it on mobile open up so many new opportunities. Well, there, you talked about the connectivity, the instant satisfaction. So if you're playing a song and you want to know, you know, what's the greatest Rolling Stones song, and someone literally listening on their phone can touch two buttons to let you know what they think, they're going to do that. Right. Right. Uh, whereas if you say, OK, so what you got to do is you got to go to our Web page. You got to go up to the menu. You got to click down three right. buttons and then there's our poll. No, shove it in their face on the app if you literally. And then you can 
get that instant within your ecosystem. They're working it. They're, they're listening to the song and, Oh, by the way, we have on our mobile app, we got this poll and we're going to send out free t-shirts to everybody that responds. The person's holding it right in their hands. They're there. They're just right. Right. I mean, and they, it may be in their pocket, but now, and I think that's a great point, Tom, is even though it may be in their pocket, you've now given them a call to action. And what's their effort? The app is open. Just pull out the phone, click on it, press a button to give your results. You're now able to engage. That's one of the most exciting things to me about radio right now is what mobile does. It allows you to engage with your listeners instantly. Right. If they're listening on mobile, it's in their pocket. And so a good mobile app should have that instant connectivity, not just with gaming, let's call it, you know, polling and, and contesting, but also a direct line to perhaps the studio or text messaging to the DJ on the air. Yeah. So some of the other features that I think are important, and this one seems somewhat novel, um, but, and I've seen so many apps where they don't have an instant connection to the station for call-ins. And don't get me wrong. I think call-ins are still valuable to do for contesting and, or just, if you're, you have a talk radio show and you want to get input from the listener, what are you as a station going to do? You're going to give out the phone number, right? And the person's driving or they're walking or they're listening. Who the heck remembers a phone number anymore? So one of the most important things is to have something on your app where it's easy for the listener to see that I press this button and it automatically calls the station. So the example would be the station gives out the phone number, which they should. But at the end of it, they go, by the way, if you got a mobile app, just click on the phone icon and I'll dial directly into the studio. That is way that we have a society have come to expect is it's one click I get to what I need. So having that phone icon somewhere front and center on that page when you're asking listeners to call is extremely important. One of the other tools that we created that I think you just brought up, Tom, was actually engaging with the listeners in real time. So we, uh, we call it uh, the chat area, if you will, but we actually view it more as social media for radio, where the listener within the mobile app can connect to the station instantly. And the way that we do it is the DJ or the station can post a message on the homepage of their app. The listener sees that message. They can immediately comment back to the station. So it allows the station to instantly engage with the listeners if they want to. Now, some stations don't want to do that. But if they're, you know, like it's a talk show, one of the things we talk about a lot is sports. Imagine being able to throw up something during a high school football game from the broadcasters or from the social media person as opposed to doing it on social media. Do it on the app and allow to have all that engagement happening in your ecosystem. The other thing that we've seen within this chat area is that the listeners engage with each other. I think this is still one of the most fascinating things about radio. And we, we, we haven't talked about Pandora and Spotify, which I think are important tools in the radio ecosphere, if you will. But radio is about a community. It's everyone listening to the same content at the late, same time. And for listeners to be able to engage with each other is something that we've never been able to do. Usually, you know, we go to a concert sponsored by the station and we get to see our like-minded community members of that station. Mobile allows you to connect with those listeners in real time. And I bring up the sporting thing again. Imagine listening to a high school football game on your mobile. 
and there's 200 other people, 2,000 other people listening to that high school football game on their mobile, you can now connect with them instantly. Bitch about that ref call. Talk about high-fiving, you know, virtually high-fiving for that touchdown that just happened. It opens up a whole new world, which radio always had, was this community-based listening. Now you can actually connect with those people in real time. And, of course, be mobile about it. You know, what we're talking about is to be where your listener is. And so if they cannot be in their car or in their home listening on the radio to the high school sports game or they want to watch uh, TV while also knowing what's going on in high school sports, you're right there on their phone. They can respond in real time in also, as you mentioned, building this community, which is what radio stations core strength is. The mobile app is just one more way to build that foundation for that community building, especially during these times when perhaps we cannot even go to those high school football games in person. People inherently, maybe subconsciously know that when I'm listening to radio, I'm listening with other people versus Spotify and Pandora and, you know, other kind of streaming platforms. I call it, I call those platforms solitary confinement listening. You are the one listening to that content, which is great because that's the content you want to listen to right now. But when you listen to radio, you know that there are thousands, tens of thousands of other people like-minded that are listening to the same content. And having mobile allows you to kind of open up the breadth of how you can all actually communicate and interact. It's an exciting time for radio as far as we're concerned, one of the most exciting times that we've probably had in the last 20 years. It's all about reaching your tribe, right? And I think that uh, many local radio stations uh, see and understand that, and they need to view mobile apps as just one more element in pulling that, gluing that community together. There's another feature that we haven't even talked about yet, which I think is valuable uh, when it comes to a mobile app and being on somebody's phone, and that is more or less notifications. A uh, number of times I'll be listening to my favorite radio station. They'll talk about a programming, uh, special programming that's coming up. And I'm like, hmm, mental note, I'd really like to listen to that broadcast of a live concert from a couple of years ago or uh, an interview with uh, the head coach of the football team or a public health official maybe in these times it's going to be on the air in the next hour. However, you tend to kind of get distracted and that time slips by and you didn't get there. But what if you had on that app a scheduling notification that when the high school football game was about to kick off, that listener got a little ding. Uh, What if the interview was about to start and you got a notification text? Scheduling seems to be a very valuable thing to be part of an app as well. Two things you're talking about are push notifications and actually the programming schedule. So the first thing is push notifications. You're getting your phone ding, but when someone downloads the app, they're going to be requested, do, Are you? will you accept push notifications? That opens up a whole new channel to the listeners where even if you don't have the app open, the station can send push notifications about something important, fun, that you, you don't want to abuse that privilege. Again, going back to our permissions to be able to connect with the listeners, but now you have the ability to send push notifications to the listeners, which is huge. And you can do it for advertisers, which we'll jump to in a second. You can do it for, you know, some COVID information about a new concert that's coming up, something that you truly think is going to be valuable to the listener. And then the programming schedule. I'm going to tell you a quick story. 
So when we were building this platform, we did a lot of market research. And one of the things when we were talking to stations that were on TuneIn, one of their biggest frustration points was TuneIn basically had a page that you could go to that listed out the programming schedule. It was almost like a PDF, if you will, on the, on the page for your station. If you wanted to update that programming schedule, you had to email it to TuneIn. It may take three, four weeks, if ever, for that to get updated. So one of the things that when we were doing our market research was we found that listeners wanted to know about the programming stations were offering. And I'm sure a lot of stations have something like that on their website. But on mobile, it wasn't readily available. So what we've seen is if you can show your listeners the different programming that is available on your station. Here's the different DJs. Here's a different specialty show. Here's a, uh, a football game, a basketball game, any type of sports. This is one of the most popular features that we've seen, particularly on our platform, but I think it would go across any platform, is that listeners want to see what other type of programming are available on the station. And not just that it's this show at this time, getting some context about what that programming is. Tell me more about the DJ. Tell me more about that show. And having the ability for the listener to see that type of programming. You know, back when we were all driving to work, you, know, you probably listened on your drive-in, and that might have been it. Now with on mobile, you can actually really showcase the different type of programming you have. Maybe you have an awesome specialty show at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning or some Friday night party jam. And the listeners are like, oh my goodness, I didn't know they had that. And they get some more context around that show. And then imagine now, if someone reads about something, you know, you're listening to the station on Tuesday, you're kind of looking through their programming schedule, and you see an awesome show on Friday night, you can set that alert. Whether you have the app on or not, Friday night at 7 o'clock, whenever that show starts, your phone's going to go ding, ding. You're going to look at it and go, oh my God, that show. Click it, and it launches your app. So it creates so many new opportunities to get this, the listeners to engage and listen to your station more often. Well, and that sets up the key to the whole real underwriting strength of building your own ecosystem and being able to do that on the radio app. By instead of building likes on Facebook, you're building likes on your app and you determine who gets the push notifications or they do themselves, not Facebook or some fancy logarithm. You decide you're in direct connection with your audience that you've built up now that you uh, have struggled through these programming and all these challenging times. So why not build up that audience on your app? Because you're not going to have Facebook changing the rules on you as soon as you build up a thousand listeners, right? Tom, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. And I think that when we talked about the acceleration of COVID and digital things that are happening, this is the kind of the new wild west for radio is mobile. We all have been doing or thought about it, but now the connectivity and the engagement that you can actually do within, and I, I know we keep bringing up the word ecosystem, is wide open right now. And because you've established these other channels, social media, different things that you've done to engage the website, if you start driving them to mobile, you're going to own that. You're going to own the conversation with all of your messaging, all of your content that the, the listener can stay connected to without all this other stuff that's going to be peppered in from the other companies. 
So you still need those other platforms, but at the end of the day, where do you want to drive them? And if you can drive them into your mobile, this is where, to me, the most exciting thing that's going to happen in the radio in the next three years is going to happen. It's going to allow people to connect. Right. And you're building on property you own, right? So the big problem with building audience on Facebook was right. it's rental property. You control it. But now you've got these other tools. To, we couldn't have done this five years ago, 10 years ago. But now because of the way, you know, with costs of mobile have gone way down and the feature set that's available now is 10 times, 20 times more than even when it was three years ago. You now have the ability to use everything else that you have in your arsenal to drive people onto mobile. And that's where the next explosion is going to be in radio. And the user is also more skilled, right? That's why I said. We couldn't do it five years ago. And that's a great point is they just weren't there. You know, I can't tell you how many times that we talked to uh, an old station or something that has maybe a, a 45 to 64 demographic. And they're like, you know what? We've heard more of these people that they understand their smartphone now. They're ready. They can do that. But our current app is so dysfunctional in the fact that it's, it doesn't have good navigation. It's not intuitive. There's opportunities with new mobile interfaces that even the older demographic are like, oh, yeah, I got this. I already, you know, I know how to download an app. And now I've got a simple tool that I can listen to my radio station. And I can do some of the things that I've learned how to, you know, participate in a bowl, how to enter a contest. All those things are available now on mobile that weren't because, like, as you said, the education of the consumer getting to know how to use the smartphone has increased by tenfold over the last couple of years. Yeah, so wrapping up, it's time to dip your foot back into water, isn't it? Uh, it either if you haven't, you, as a radio station right now, you're going to do a disservice not only to your station, to your team members, but to your listeners. They're expecting and they're wanting mobile. And it's not the old mobile that we knew. It's the new mobile that allows you the touch points to not only listen, but to engage and get the content that they're looking for. It's going to be a super exciting time for radio right now. And I think mobile is the thing that's going to even take radio further than it's already gone. And the good news is you can also monetize it, can't you? Yes. That's honestly the most exciting part of, the, of, of everything. I hope, you know, we're all in business. We all want to make money. We want to do it the right way. And mobile opens up, not just mobile digital, but mobile being a major component of that, opens up a huge opportunity for a new revenue source. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, our listeners can see how the, the, the full strategy needs to be uh, all connected and ways to connect really to three primary legs of your web presence, your social media, and then your mobile app, how those three interact with each other. They're where your consumer is. And it's also more importantly, building up your audience and a system, an ecosystem that you own on your property and they're your tribe. 100%. And so, you know, you talked about the three prongs, right? You know, website, social, and mobile. Again, the, one of the most exciting things about mobile is everyone's got a phone in their pocket. So when if someone is listening to something and they're driving in a car and they get to work and they just heard an ad or they heard a promotion or something like that, it's going to be a while before they get up to their office, they get on the computer, and they go to their website. 
and they may go to social to get more information. But what do they have in their pocket right now? They're just getting out of the car and they're like, oh, yeah, if they pull up their phone and there's the information about what you were just talking about. It's instant gratification for the listener. That's where this opens up the whole opportunity for people to engage with the content you're delivering because everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Correct. And what we've talked about is there are so many ways to reach your audience and you've got to be there, but you can't go necessarily willy nilly. And so I think uh, we've been talking about these three prongs and I think that has hopefully helped those trying to make it all work together is how do you approach social? How do you, what should be on your website? And then if you can and should get a mobile app, what and how and what are the parts of that? As we're all bringing it together now, <clears throat> I'd like to talk and you know about that whole 360 approach to the digital strategy, wrapping it all together. You know, we talk to a lot of radio stations and there's still some that are hesitant to jump into digital. You know, they're doing well with what they do and they know it's coming or they actually know it's here, but they're like, oh, do I want to have to deal with another thing, right? And so as you and I have been talking about throughout the segment is just like with the website, there's new tools out there, out there that it's not that complicated anymore. It was, it's not now. Same thing with mobile. It's not complicated. The tools that are available to have a mobile app and to manage it and make sure the content is super simple now. It's, it's, it's where radio is going to continue to thrive. And so the stations that are still hesitant, as you brought up, it's if you haven't done it, yes, it's time to dip your toe in the water. And I think once you do, you will succeed. You will see how easy and successful it can be. And so we talked about kind of connecting all the the different properties. So I want to go back real quick to mobile and advertising, because if you are able to offer digital advertising opportunities to either your existing or new clients they're going to be all ears. They're hearing about it everywhere and they want to know you as, an, uh, as a delivery mechanism for their product, service, whatever it is, they want to know that you have digital opportunities to provide them. There's a really interesting stat. It's a, it's a little old, maybe a year and a half old, but when digital marketing, if you look overall over the country, and traditional marketing, we're talking about billboards, you know, radio, newspaper. Digital marketing took over the amount of money being spent in advertising. You look at radio, the most powerful mass medium in the U.S. today. Only 7% of the dollars being spent in digital were going to radio. Does that not sound crazy to everyone else? That the most powerful mass medium out there is only getting 7% of the digital dollars. And why is that? Because they didn't have the tools, the metrics, the data to provide the digital marketers. This is where mobile steps in and can provide you those tools in a way that is so much easier, so much simpler than it was. I'll give you a quick example. We talked about the different kind of features you want to have on a mobile app. Let's just take some of the core ones we talked about having a polling feature, having a contest feature. One of the other ones we actually didn't talk about was actually having, and it sounds so simple, having the ability as a station to upload a banner ad to the homepage of your app. Not someone else's ad that they're going to put on, but your, your advertiser's ads. 
having that available within your dashboard to put up a banner ad of your advertiser. So now think about when you're going to a client, you're going to do your on-air uh, on campaign. But say we also have this digital package available where you can have a banner ad on the homepage of your, our app that everyone is going to see when they open up the app. But then also create a poll for them. Say to the, uh, the advertiser, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create a poll for you once a week. Let's say it's a car dealership that's one of your clients. We'll call it Rick Chevrolet. Say, Rick Chevrolet, what was their number one car selling car in uh, May? And put down four models. I promise you people will participate. Imagine the impact that that will create for the advertiser. So you've got the banner ad. You've got the polling. Do up a contest. Give away a free oil change for Rick Chevrolet. And tie all those assets together and deliver a digital campaign that is now measurable that you can do and show to your advertiser when you come back with this new idea that you brought to them. And by the way, make sure you take that audio ad as we talked about and make sure they're promoting it on social as well. And in there, have something about, hey, we just did a poll on our mobile app. We'd love to know what you think of Rick Chevrolet. People will participate. Well, and it's radio strength, right? This is what the best people, the radio broadcasters across the country, this is what they do. And this app gives them, any app gives them an opportunity to make these, uh, create these tribes, bring them together. And now it's the whole concept here is simply bringing them together in your place that you own. And so I ask, I, I suggest that you kind of go back five, 10 years ago and all those contests that you were using to bring people to your Facebook page, to like your Facebook page do those on your app, give away stuff via the app, yeah. right? You got to download our app to win this thousand dollars, right? Let them know you have it and then drive download usage and create messaging that gets them to stay engaged. It's radio's core strength. And I think this conversation about the, once again, the three pillars, if you will, the three-legged stool, the three-prong plug, any way you want to look at it. If you take your website, do the things you need to do there with the information that will keep them coming, even though they're coming for shorter periods of time. So the news and direct links to other things you're promoting. Use your social media to drive them back to your website with four posts of fun information, one post where you're actually trying to sell them something for you or your client, and then one post right. for an event or contest you're having. And then tie it all together on your mobile app. So your mobile app will have all your social, your mobile app will have your contesting on it, your mobile app will have an ability for listeners to interact with other listeners as well as with on-air talent, all at one location. You're driving downloads, you're building your community by through your radio app and tying it all together in a singular strategy. And that's what we've been trying to do here over the last uh, two episodes of Cool Radio Stories is discussing each one of those digital components separately and then now how it all came together. And John, I, I can't thank you enough. I think you're a leader in the industry and we certainly appreciate you taking the time to share your insights. Once again, that's John Wanzung of Radio Max. You can be reached at Radio Max. Dot co. I'm Tom Dobrez, owner of Cool Radio Streaming. 
We provide streams for your radio station's website and your radio mobile apps so that they sound as good via the digital delivery as you broadcast signal. You put a lot of energy, time, and money into your broadcast signal. Uh, we make sure that it sounds as good to your listener regardless of how they're taking your audio. Once again, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Hopefully you found it worthwhile. Uh, questions or comments feel free to reach out to us at coolradiostreaming.com and or rate the podcast give us a rating on apple podcast or however you download your podcast we do appreciate your time you've been listening to cool radio stories a production of cool radio streaming for more information show notes guest profiles and more visit coolradiostories.com and subscribe to the podcast at Apple iTunes, Overcast, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.